What's going on, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking to you today about why buyers are liars until proven otherwise and what to do about it. So one thing I know from sales is that buyers are flaky, unaccountable, unreliable, and in general, dishonest. It's not to say that they're bad people, but it's to say that that's the type of behavior that you should expect, whether it's outbound sales as a salesman or outbound sales within your own business as an entrepreneur. And fortunately, through RLD, I've been able to, since 2012, build up enough content, enough organic content on my site, on YouTube, on Facebook, that I'm able to build a money machine and clients pay upfront and online uh, without speaking to me. And I love all my coaching clients. Absolutely love what I do with my coaching clients. I love the products I sell, love my audience, love talking to you guys. But I can tell you it wasn't always this way. I spent... Um, the better part of a decade in cutthroat corporate sales, outbound sales, oftentimes to people who are getting, you know, tons of calls a day, you know, they, they don't like salesmen a lot of the time, they don't want to talk to you. And it wasn't pretty in a lot of cases. And it, it, it certainly was wasn't the way that things are for me now. And it's not going to be that way for you, depending on where you're at uh, in the type of business you're in, at least not yet. Okay. You might be able to spend the next couple of years building up enough organic content to get inbound leads coming to you that are willing to pay based on trust. Uh, you might be able to, over the course of the next two or three years, get enough revenue coming in that you're able to build expensive inbound marketing campaigns, spending five, ten, twenty thousand dollars a month on marketing having them sent to a lead page or landing page and closed there, upfront, automated and online. Or you might be able to have enough cash over the next couple of years or maybe you're there right now that you can hire other guys to sell and pitch and close clients for you. But until that point, you're gonna have to get your hands dirty, you're gonna have to sell your time for money. Okay, you got a lot of guys out there telling you not to sell your time for money. I'm telling you to sell your time for money and sell it for the most amount of money you can get. Because I'll be honest with you, passive income is mostly a myth, unless you're at a certain level, okay? You can put out info products like I do, but you still got to do a lot of traffic and spend time releasing new products. It's not passive. Okay, so I'm telling you to sell a service. You guys know that I recommend a service business and get your hands dirty and go hard on the outbound sales to get your revenue up. Cost you nothing except your time and sell your time for money. That's, that's the deal. And it's way better than, than doing a product business, at least on your first business. No inventory, no expenses, no overhead, no bottlenecks. And a service-based business is like the highest margin business you can be in. Okay, and you got to get your hands dirty at the start. You can't just expect to have everything systemized and automated. And you got to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and being professional in the face of buyer bullshit. And you are going to deal with a lot of bullshit. Okay, you're going to deal with a lot of buyer bullshit as you focus on the process to mastery, whether as a salesman or in your own business as an entrepreneur. Okay, but that's why they pay you the big bucks. And that's just a part of what you have to do, by the way. Whether a salesman or an entrepreneur, you get paid the big bucks for doing what other people don't want to do. Sales is not rocket science. Entrepreneurship on a service business is not rocket science, but it's hard work. It's mastering the discipline, which you can learn from books like my book, How to Sell, which you can get at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash products. See, I'm always selling, man. I'm selling you right there. 
and learning that, but then it's hard work and, and it's doing things that make other people uncomfortable, like calling people and asking for money and dealing with client headaches and dealing with, with clients who are telling you one thing and doing another and being professional in polite in spite of that. Okay. And I spent close to a decade in cutthroat corporate sales and have very clear memories of what that reality was like. I'll tell you, I hated being a salesman. I hated every day of it. Okay. But that's what got me here. And that's what can get you to the next level. Or if you're already in the next level, if you're already an entrepreneur and you're doing your outbound sales, there's still way more levels to go above that. So, so keep that in mind. It doesn't have to be forever. But a lot of times you are going to have to go through that process, going to have to get your hands dirty. Uh, going to have to deal with a lot of rejection, a lot of um, buyers telling you one thing and doing the other. And that's just a part of success, right? It's to, to get extraordinary results, meaning extraordinary results, you got to put in extraordinary effort and you have to do extraordinary things that other people don't want to do. So I have very clear memories of that. And I, I urge you to use my past data, take my word for it, that, that buyers are liars until proven otherwise. And they lie for two reasons. Number one, because they can, some people are just not particularly nice people and they take they have power and they take pleasure in using that power against you knowing you have to be professional. The same way someone will, you know, talk down to the checkout girl or give her a hassle because they have to wait an extra minute in line because they know that she's got to be professional. Okay. And it's, and it's very interesting when you first get on that side of the phone and you start having to deal with people and you're contacting people who aren't, um, where they don't have social consequences. You know, most of your life until then, school and work, there are social consequences to action. So you think people have a certain type of behavior, but it's not until you start um, actively going out and dating girls that you don't know, like online or, or picking up girls on the street and in sales, which is exactly the same process, where you see what people actually like when there's no uh, consequences of their behavior, how they act. And a lot of the time they they act that way because they can because they know they're either they don't have to follow up you're not a priority or some people outright take pleasure in exercising their power against someone they can by the way it's usually the lower level members of the um, company that do that the CEOs don't have time to waste on on BS like that number two reason why buyers are liars is is they're scared to have an uncomfortable conversation by breaking rapport with you and possibly hurting your feelings most people don't want to do that. Most people want to be in rapport and have pleasant conversations. Most people are not comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and would rather tell you they'll think about it and dodge your calls for the next month instead of just outright telling you the truth that they're not interested in why. So that's not to say that all buyers are liars or that all buyers are bad people. Some clients will do exactly what they say. Uh, but these these are, are rare and these are often business owners who have experience selling themselves and therefore they know how to be good clients and they're the type of people that keep their word and, and don't waste your time or others. Um, business owners will also be the type of people who are comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and politely but firmly telling you that they're not interested, that it's a no and that's actually a good thing in sales because that saves you a lot of time. You know you don't have to follow up with that guy. I mean, you go through your objections and whatnot, but a lot of times they'll just stop you like, nope, sorry, hey, appreciate your time, appreciate the value you're offering, but it's a no for me and not interested, and uh, I don't want you to waste any more, any more of your time. 
all right, buddy, they'll say something like that, which is exactly what I say if I'm getting a sales call and I'm not interested. And I'll make it really clear that I'm not interested, not to waste my time, not to bother with the objection management. And that's great. You want to hear that too. Ideally, you want to hear some kind of interest or like a no like that, a polite but hard no, so you know not to waste your time with that guy. But you're really not going to get that for most people on average. It's not to say that all buyers are liars, but it's to say that you should assume that until proven otherwise for, and that's important for managing your expectations. Okay. Until you have the money in your hand, the deal's not closed. And it's important to have that expectation. That way you're not frustrated or disappointed. And most importantly, you have a realistic expectation of the amount of outbound touch points you need to make to hit your targets, which most rookie salesmen and most entrepreneurs uh, grossly underestimate the amount of work that it takes. Okay, the reality is buyers are liars until proven otherwise, and you should expect the following things to consistently happen as an entrepreneur or salesman and manage your expectations accordingly. So number one, buyers telling you that they get, they'll get back to you. They won't. Okay. When he's saying, let me get back to you, you want to keep him on the phone and figure out what his objection is that he's not telling you that he's trying to get off the phone with because he's already decided he's not going to buy you. They're not going to get back to you. You might be able to close it in the future, but you're going to have to hound him. They will never call you back or email you back. Number two, buyers telling you they'll think about it. The fact is they already thought about it and it's a no and they're not telling you the objection and you haven't done a good enough job isolating that objection yet. And you've, if you let him off the phone, you're going to lose that deal. Okay. You need to isolate and manage that objection. Otherwise the deal is DOA. And I'll give you a hint. The objection is almost always about the money, by the way, quick free close for you. Money aside, do you like the idea? Right. At least you're getting him to show if he's interested and then you can isolate down on what the real objection is. Most of the time it's money. Because if you think about most of the services that you're selling, and I can tell you pretty much any service business, the guy would buy it if it was free, right? He would take your service if it was free. Chances are it's the money. He's not seeing the value for money. And it's more painful for him to spend the money than it is to get that problem solved. So you're going to have to put some pain on him to push him to that action threshold to buy. But, by, but prior to that, you're going to have to isolate that objection and... You can't isolate the objection if you let him off the phone and, and you know, with the, the I'll think about it, okay? He's already thought about it, it's done. So that's another lie. Number three, buyers saying they'll look at the proposal you sent them. Everybody wants you to send me something, right? Okay, but when, when he says send you something, say, yeah, I send it, I, you know, I send it to you right now. You know, why don't we go, go through it real quick while I have you on the phone? Because they're not going to look at it. The second they get off the phone, they're not going to think about you. They're not going to look at it and, you know, it, it send me something is just another way to get this salesman to shut up so I can get off the phone with him without having to break rapport. So you want to send that thing to him and you want to be able to go over it while you're on the phone with the guy. Okay. Whether that's your proposal or your media kit, um, they will not look at it and they'll, you know, if you wait too long, they'll forget who you are and forget that you even sent it. Uh, number four, um, buyers booking appointments or calls. Um, yeah, you, you can expect to get flaked on a lot or rescheduled at the last minute um, if you're lucky. Um, a lot of people just, they won't answer their phone. Um, if you're going to their office, it's, they probably won't flake, but they'll, they'll send you a message before to like last minute reschedule. So you can expect that to happen consistently. Buyers lying about being decision makers. This was a strange one uh, that I didn't realize till I was in sales. 
because I couldn't imagine why someone would do that. But as you know, a decision maker is the person who actually signs the check. That's the person you want to be talking to. So these aren't actually buyers. They're, it's a lie because they're pretending to be a buyer. So oftentimes the guys you're talking to doesn't sign the checks. You might not find that out till months later. Okay, I was selling advertising and you know you, you, you know better than to pitch the Becky, the 22 year old assisting mar assistant marketing manager. Sometimes you'd have to pitch the marketing manager, but ideally you want to get through to the VP of marketing because it's unlikely in a big company you're gonna to get to the CEO. If it's a smaller to mid-sized company, you go straight to the CEO, but if you're selling big companies, Getting that CEO on the phone is real hard, and chances are he just passed you to his marketing people anyways. So you're pitching the marketing VP of marketing, hounding him, trying to get him on the phone. You finally get him on the phone, and you're talking to him for two months until he lets it slip that the CFO is the one who signs the checks. And nothing, nothing gets spent unless the CFO approves it. And now you just realize you spent the last two months talking to the wrong guy. And he's not going to sell your deal the way that, that you would sell it and, and manage the objection that the CFO had. He just put it on his desk and say, Hey, some guy sent me this, have a look at it. And it's much less likely of you getting that done where you, as opposed to having the CFO on the phone and being able to manage those uh, objections. And then you're in the problem where now you're trying to go over the BP marketing's head after he already knows that you contacted him and you know, that sort of makes him lose face and that he knows you're not the, he knows that you know that he's not the decision maker. It's really messed up, but a lot of people at these corporations really care about their title and care about acting as if they have power. It's very strange as opposed to just saying like, you know, I don't, I don't handle that. The CFO handles that, um, or I handle that, but, but the approval goes to the CFO and oftentimes it's the least powerful people. You know, a lot of the time the VP of marketing will be able to handle that. Oftentimes it's the least power of people that one, treat you the worst and two, pretend to have the most power. Of all the people that I've dealt with in sales, by far I was worst treated by the secretaries. They, they by far were the most rude. The lowest people in the totem pole because I'm the only person that they could exercise their power on. They probably don't like their job, they're frustrated and they know that they can take it out on a salesman and in their mind feel justified in doing so. Because to them, the salesman is annoying as opposed to this, you know, we're calling them to offer their bosses value that's going to make them more money. And they're often the ones that, that, that pretend most to be the decision maker. The secretary will grill you. You're trying to get through the decision maker. She'll grill you on, on what you're doing. So you're finally forced to reveal what you're selling. And, you know, they will tell you with total certainty that the, that the decision maker, the CEO, of, you know, sometimes I was selling to billion dollar corporations wouldn't be interested as if she fully understands the business model, what the CFO, what the CEO thinks, what, what, you know, what's going to make the company money. Um, and, and they just tell you with total certainty that they wouldn't be interested as if she has the power to make any decision really outside of answering the phone, which of course is very frustrating. And then you have to call back and find a different way around the gatekeeper or try calling, somebody else and see if their assistant or secretary will let you through. But uh, you'll find that a lot of buyers lying about actually being buyers. They're not the decision maker. Next point, uh, buyers telling you they'll deal, they'll do the deal. Okay. A verbal agreement is worth the paper it's written on. Okay. Worthless in case you didn't get that. 
Next point, buyers telling you that they'll sign the contract. This is the worst lie, um, especially if, you, if you're in sales and your manager's breathing down your deck and you've got targets and he's asking you where that, when that deal's coming in and you're on top of the guy, but he's just not signing it. And, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out and you've got expenses to be paid and you know some of those are, are built into this deal closing that the guy told you would close. Do not expect a deal to close um, you know, just because the guy said he'll sign the contract. Okay, I've been in situations where the guy would tell me he's, he's going to sign the contract today for like two months. And, and then he's acting frustrated and annoyed with me because I'm being, he, 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 he's trying to make me look like the unreasonable one. Whereas it's him just literally like breaking his word every day or every other day that I call him when he tells me that he's going to sign that contract. Okay. This is why you ideally want to get the, if you have, if you're in a business where you need contracts, you get the e-signature so that while the guy's on the phone, you send him the contract and you get him to sign the contract on that mother effing phone right there so you don't have to wait for two weeks or a month to chase this guy down to sign the damn contract okay can't tell me how, how many times i've been in that situation sometimes it's 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 not possible he you know he, he won't sign the contract on the phone you gotta hound him but um i'm very glad i have the business model that i have now it's paid up front it's automated there's no chasing people down for invoices every month or signing the contract it's just automated and, and recurring payments Next point is buyers telling you um, they'll wire you the money. Okay, a guy can agree to the deal, he can sign the contract, and he can still not pay you if it's that type of business. You know, and or you can have clients that pay you, like monthly clients, but they're just not on time. Um, you know, I dealt with some really big corporations, and a lot of them didn't, well, not a lot of them, but I would say maybe 10, 15% didn't pay the, their bills on time. Because the girl in charge of it would just forget or just not care to pay it, even though this is a billion-dollar company. The person in charge was, was was negligent. And our back office was negligent, too, on following up on the invoices. So a lot of the time, I would have to take that into my hands and then you know, chase down all my monthly payments at the end of the month so I could get paid my commissions because our back office was terrible. And the companies uh, that I was dealing with, their back office was negligent and terrible. And it wasn't set up uh, on an automated payment system because, again, the company that I worked for was not run properly, not efficient, um, didn't have things automated, and uh, had a terrible office manager in charge of it, and in charge of a situation where an app could have done the job, like an automatic app or an automatic software could have done all the accounting and the payments and could have had it automated. Um, so that's something that you'll find. You know, even after they've signed the contract, it's still about getting paid. And lastly, some buyers will tell you that they sent you the money when you didn't get the money. And some clients will actually lie about that. And when you bring it up, they'll tell you, oh, the bank must be slow to process the payment. It should be there in a couple days. In these cases, it's usually because the guy literally doesn't have the money and is trying buying, trying to buy himself some time because he's too embarrassed to tell you he doesn't have the money to pay you. Oftentimes he'll, he'll he'll buy that time and then just pay you two days later and act as if the payment finally went through when in reality he was just telling you it was paid and then because you know on the date or on the late date which is more likely like you it, the date has already been late and you've been hounding him and then when he gets the money two days later that's when he actually pays you okay and if you deal with the situation by the way calling him out for being a liar is not the best move. 
even though that's a pretty bold-faced lie to tell somebody. Handling the situation delicately and allowing him to save face is the right move because remember, it's about getting paid, not being right, and getting him to book again with you next month. Calling him a liar and telling him, I know you didn't have the money is a pretty good way to, to make sure that that client stops doing business with you. So a couple things to keep in mind. Doesn't matter if the lead time is promising. Doesn't matter if they tell you they'll get back to you or they tell you they're interested or they tell you they're gonna do the deal or they'll tell you that they're gonna sign the contract or they sign the contract or even they tell you that they've sent you the money. It's not a deal and it doesn't matter until you have the money in your hand, until that money is in your bank account. That is the only time you know that that buyer is not a liar. Okay, that is the only time you know the deal is done. Until then, it doesn't exist, no matter how good it sounds. Keep that in mind. So you'd be smart to assume that all buyers are liars until proven otherwise and not be surprised when you have to consistently deal with buyer behavior bullshit. Okay, if you find yourself consistently frustrated to get new clients, it's because you haven't properly managed your expectations. Anger comes from the difference between expectations and reality. Therefore, you want your expectations in line with reality as much as possible. And that comes from using past data effectively. Or if you're new to sales or entrepreneurship, just take my word for it and use my past data and my experiences as an uh, the, the litmus test or the measuring stick for that, okay? So to wrap up, I wanna tell you the smart way to deal with buyer behavior. Number one, charge it to the game. Recognize it as a cost of doing business and that dealing with client headaches is why you make good money because most people don't wanna deal with clients. Number two, always be polite and professional. Remember that your job is not about being right, it's about getting paid and everything out of your mouth should maximize your chances of getting paid. Calling a potential client out for lying or getting aggressive is a surefire way to make sure that uh, you don't get paid. Remember, you get paid for selling and for service and being professional in the face of unaccountable behavior. That's called good client service, and it's how you make the big bucks. Sales is not rocket science. It pays well because you do things that other people don't want to do or aren't capable of doing. They're not capable of keeping their composure in the face of someone who's lying to you or who's perhaps not treating you in the way that you want to be treated. And you make the money by having uncomfortable conversations and handling those client headaches with composure. Number three, manage your expectations. Being angry or disappointed doesn't help you be happier or close more deals. In fact, it, it has the opposite effect. It's much better to assume buyers are proven, are liars until proven otherwise and adjust your emotions accordingly. Remember that all you have to do is, is create and optimize and tweak the right sales process and then follow that consistently and money will come in and good things will happen. Okay, so if one deal doesn't come in that looked like it was going to come in, don't get angry about it. Remember, anger is just you didn't have the right expectations and you weren't listening to what I said or effectively using past data. Don't worry that's going to kill your business. Remember that you know you follow your procedure, you make all the, the right calls and the right moves and and keep at it, that money's gonna come in and you're gonna be good. Which brings us to our next point, number four, put in the work. If you're new to salesmanship or entrepreneurship, recognize that it's gonna take a lot more work than you expected to get new clients on board and to make the money that you wanna make. You might go one in 20, one in 100, one in 300, maybe one in 1,000, depending on how, price, how high of a price your service is, as well as your abilities to sell. Okay, you can take my word for it that a lot of deals 
and promising leads will fall through. So make sure to put in work that you would have thought necessary to make up for it. Eventually, you'll figure out your closing percentage so that you can do accurate money math on your targets and know exactly how many outbound touch points you have to make to hit your financial goals. With that said, you always want to aim to improve and optimize your sales process so that you can constantly be increasing your closing percentage. And to give you a rough estimate, in my last job in ad sales, I had to do $40,000 a month in just to keep my job in revenue. And to do that, I had to make 100 calls a day. Okay. If you if it's your own, in your own business, man, you might even make you might want to make more for the first year. You might want to make 100 to 400 calls or emails or Facebook messages to potential clients or all of the above a day to make sure that you're reaching the right people. Now, that depends on the industry. You know, if if your industry is is smaller, then it's more of a sniper's game and you know, it's it's not going to be those huge volume days. This is more likely if you're in B2B and you're selling higher price services and there's only a certain percentage of companies that can afford them, but you should at least be spending a lot of time on the lead gen and on the specific angles for that. So if, if, if you're in a, a vertical that has a lot of leads, pretty much anyone's a client, then you're kind of going for the shotgun method, which is, you know, getting on the phone with 100 to 400 people a day, or at least, you know, some of that's emails or whatever. If, if your industry is, is, you know, higher ticket services and B2B and only, you know, a couple hundred companies in your city can afford your services, then it's going to be a sniper's method. And the bulk of your time is going to go into perfecting and tailoring the pitch per that client and, and you know, finding the decision maker and doing all that stuff. Okay. Number five, uh, build a money machine. The good news is that life is a layer cake. Okay. The higher you go, the less shit you have to eat. And the more successful you get, the less buyer bullshit you have to deal with. I don't deal with any buyer bullshit in, in this business right now. I have RLD Web Design, which is automated. And I've also launched RLD Marketing, which I'll, which we're launching right now as, as outbound sales. But I'll officially launch that to you guys within the next couple of months. Um, you know, 3Xing your marketing spend through Facebook ads. But with that said, even on that vertical, my partners are doing the outbound sales for that. I'll probably help on the close, but at this point in my career, I don't have to make um, outbound sales calls anymore, which is a beautiful thing. But believe me, I put in my dues to get there. I, I worked hard, saved money, built a business, built a money machine, um, did what had to be done to get there. Okay, but the, the good news is that you can get there. And the more successful you get, the less bullshit you have to deal with. Okay, there may come a time when you don't have to deal with any, and that's what I call a luxury business. You're at that luxury level, you know. Luxury to me is not Louis Vuitton; it's leveling up so you don't have to do the things you don't want to do. And um, you know, if if to get there, okay, if you're a salesman, you can use your experience and the cash you save to build your own business. Check out my book, How to Sell RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com forward slash products to show you exactly how to do that. Not only do I show you how to survive and thrive in cutthroat corporate sales and how to sell and how to get clients, but I show you how to build your exit plan in terms of how to get out of there and leverage those skills and leverage that money into your own business and how much you need to do it. If you already have your own business, you know, keep going hard on getting your revenue up so that you can, number one, invest in inbound marketing where clients can pay, come to you and pay up front, maybe on your landing page and have that automated. Okay, you can invest in hiring guys to pitch and close for you. 
if you check out GrantCardone.com, he, you know, you know, he, he, he's probably the top uh, sales trainer out there right now. And he's got, uh, you know, 30 guys on the floor doing all his cold calls and stuff. Like he might help close a client, but he's got most of that automated. And, um, you know, I hope to have a couple guys, well, I've already got a couple guys that I'm working with now, but, uh, only going to expand more in the future as I move into different verticals as well. Uh, another thing you need to you, you can do as you level up is get paid up front and online through an automated billing system. That's this, that's what I do for my coaching, uh, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. Right now I'm charging $1,000 a month for lifestyle coaching, which gets you two hours a day or two hours a week on the phone with me and unlimited WhatsApp uh, text or voice messages. And guys are paying that online without having to speak to me. And it's an online recurring bill, which uh, for new clients, I'm going to probably raise the price up every year, but that's where it's at right now. And, you know, guys are able to pay me because they've been watching my YouTube videos or reading my articles for the last year or three years. And, and they've built up enough trust with me that they're willing to pay me upfront without having to spoken to me, knowing that, that they're going to get what they want and that um, they believe in me, they buy in. They built a connection and they have trust. So that's something that you can build up. Um, you know, you can use some of that from inbound marketing, but uh, creating a lot of valuable organic content is has been well worth it for me. It does take a lot of time. It, it might not be uh, worthwhile in your industry, but it might be an industry where it, where it is worthwhile and can get you a lot of clients. Um, so you can do what I did and, and, and not have to pay for marketing, you know, free traffic from YouTube and Google search takes a lot of time, might not be the right fit for your industry, but could also be the right fit. And, um, it's been very useful and, and beneficial to me. With that said, as time scales up, there's, there might be a hard limit where I do have to get on the phone with people and do a sales call. Um, I don't know whether that's 2000 a month or 3000 a month or 4000 a month or 5000 a month, but I'll see as I keep scaling up the price to match demand over time. Um, and if you're selling higher ticket services, like you've got guys like Dan Locke who sell for those for, for his sales coaching, it's a hundred thousand a day. Um, or I think he does a yearly plan, you know, where he, you know, maybe it's, it's a hundred thousand or two fifty for the year, a call a week plus 50% revenue share. But for those kind of big deals, you're going to have to get on the phone with someone and close them. Uh, I don't know what the limit is right now, but I would guess maybe two or three grand. Uh, I'll see as time goes on, but, uh, you know, if you're selling high ticket items, which you should be, uh, you might still have to get off the, f get on the phone or at least have one of your, one of your guys on the phone to be able to close that in the future. Okay. So those are like four or five things that you can aim towards. Okay. Like if you're struggling right now in sales and you're, and you're, you know, it's hard to deal with all this buyer behavior. Don't worry, man. You just keep pushing through, keep making more money. Um, you're going to be able to level up. You're not, you're not going to have to do this forever, but I've just given you like four or five things that you can work towards um, to, to, to better optimize your system and, and um, you know, can outsource a lot of those headaches as time goes on. But until then, you do have to pay your dues. You do have to get your hands dirty. You do have to work hard. You do have to have uncomfortable conversations and you got to be in it to win it. If you need help with that, check out revolutionarylifestyledesign.com slash forward slash coaching or if you just want to read the best sales book on the market check out how to sell revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash products because i'm always selling man i can't stop won't stop and if you just got a question let me know in the youtube comment section as always 
Love you. Wish you all the best in your personal development journey.